case we haven't met, I'm Dino Colombo. I represent people hurt by a truck. It's what we do every day. Navigating the law can be tough, but we're tougher. Let us handle the fight. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Things financial money investing in more with live within your means. Wow, that's no fun, is it? Set goals. These are some of the truisms that I've thrown down. Save enough to last until the day you die. That's kind of a tough one, right? Starting to say things like die. Don't create too much debt. Try to have a budget. You know, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I here's one thing that I try to bring to the table when I do this show is is as much honesty as I can. Sometimes when we touch, the honesty is too much. I want to hold you till the die until we both break down and cry. Um, I, I'm horrible at budgets. I've 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 hated budgets my whole life. I, I have multiple budgets. I've got my retirement budget, my savings. I got my vacation. Ah, and that's where I screw myself. Or I used to say things like, I'm going to buy one CD a month. Do you remember when you bought CDs? And they were like $12.99, and sometimes you'd like a brand new one would be like $15.99. You're like, oh, what if it sucks? There's almost nothing you could do about it, which is okay. But sometimes you'd break that budget. You'd go, okay, instead of buying one a month, I'm going to buy two. Because you wanted more music. You wanted kind of a, something to impress. A library of CDs. Ooh. I know. I know. It's embarrassing, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I talk a lot about the basics, basic stuff and like short-term focus. I don't have short-term focus. I have long-term focus. In investing, I take a look at situations like Republicans or Democrats or taxes or tax cuts or tariffs. Like to me, I I, I don't look short term. It's not going to do me any good. When I start thinking about retirement, I hope I start thinking about it about five years in advance. Which, for the record, if there's a seminar, you should come because you can start thinking about what you're going to need to think about. Or if you're at that age where you're five years from retirement, now's the time to act. In my opinion, it's so tough. Sometimes someone will send me an email and they're like, I'm 42 years old. I've got $200,000. I have $1 million of life insurance. I have a wife. 
and I'm like, okay, there's so much more to it than that, but I get why people want to go that direction. Makes it a lot uh, friendlier, so to speak, as far as you know, digesting how far you are from your goal or not. And people like to know that kind of stuff. One of the reasons short-term focus doesn't really work terribly well, but it's it, what's interesting about it is short-term focus is probably the area where most people try to rip you off, either with their knowledge so that they can get a transaction and a commission from you, or just with their knowledge and trying to you know, be all that in a bucket of chicken. So the stock has gone down in the short term or the stock market has gone down in the short term and people start to focus on that and they go, what's the first thing they go? What's wrong? So if Apple goes from like 193 to 180, but last year it went from 100 to 180, people are like, oh, it's gone from 193 to 180. What's wrong? Stocks go down. It's normal. It's healthy. It could be an institution who's overhauling a portfolio and pushing some redemptions, subsequent subsequent selling pressure can you know push the stock down short term. Nothing changed at the company. They still have all their key employees. They still have all their key product. They still have all their revenue growers. So it could be a rumor that pulls a stock down in the short term. It could be profit taking. It could be a tie. For instance, you know, let's tie two things together. Oil prices go up. Uh, people start becoming a little bit more conscious of gasoline prices. They buy cars that have better gas mileage and and less profits in the in the in the in the gas mileage cars versus the uh, gas guzzlers. So I think the short term is where people get it all wrong, where they kind of start making mistakes and become their own worst enemy. Have you ever fallen in love? I just met Ariana Grande and I'm in love and we're gonna get married. I put a big rock on her finger. And, and then, like, a month later, you're like, she doesn't have to boil water. And I shouldn't say Ariana Grande, because she's a lovely, lovely human being. And she's spoken for. But if you ever short-term fuck it, like, it doesn't work. And that's why it's so easy to scam people. Because they're, they're so caught up in short-term love, short-term money, short-term, you know, cheating. What can I do to get ahead? Market timing is a scam, in my opinion. And that's, again, it's the short-term focus thing that people kind of say, I've got, you know, voodoo, I've got, you know, chicken bones. So chicken bones, chicken bones, chicken bones. Um, show me a market timer worth $10 million. Show me someone who turned 10000 to $10 million. $10,000 doubled every four months, and you've heard the commercials is $5.3 trillion. Do you think there's anyone who's on that? And if they could do it consistently, why would they sell it to you? I've never understood that. Like, why you fall for it? Hey, uh, at the, the training academy, we're going to teach you how to trade just like the professionals. Ah, see, there's the rub. Short term, they're going to teach you everything the professional knows, and they're going to teach it to you in one, two, or three hours, right? Or they're going to come up with software, just like the professionals use, with our, our algorithm that you can never, ever do yourself. So, <clears throat> the tough part about this is, that's not what moves stocks. And that's not, you know, how to make money over time. Over time, you're looking for a company that is functioning inside of the world of capitalism, in my opinion. 
Because you could buy, you could find a company in, you know, communist China in the 1970s and it wasn't going to go anywhere because it was communist China in the 1970s. So four things drive a stock higher or stock market. You need a healthy market, a healthy industry. For instance, there's a big difference between the utility stocks as an industry and tech stocks. Utilities are very boring. They're very regulated. We, we can see them coming from a mile away. And thus, they're not very volatile because their visibility is huge. So four things drive a stock. You have to have a healthy stock market, capitalism, GDP growth. You have to have a good industry. If you want to beat the market, you're going to be taking more risk. If you want to you know, be an orphan or a granny, kind of investor where you don't have any risk tolerance, then you stick with utilities usually. You know, every now and then there'll be a company like an Enron that comes on the market that's trading energy. You're like, oh, is that a utility stock? No, it's not. It's a trading company. So anyhow, in any way, um, financial news is, it differs like gold and clay. I really like Bloomberg. I really dislike CNBC. It's just like the Wall Street Journal is different than Investor's Business Daily. I like the Wall Street Journal. I like the Financial Times. I like Bloomberg. If it comes down to it, I'd rather get a a story from like an AP Newswire. But you got to realize a lot of what's out there is just press releases. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Take a break here. We'll be right back. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. They're touring this summer. I've been a big fan of theirs now for Five plus years. Went to Red Rocks, Colorado, Denver. Probably the greatest place ever to see a show, and I saw a match of dragons this year. It's a good year. So that's a bucket list thing, right? Cool. Red Rocks. Here was the coolest thing about Red Rocks. Gorgeous and stunning, right? And you're like, that's nice. It's only ten thousand people, so it's, it feels kind of exclusive. Incredibly clean, right? But you go to the bathroom in the middle of the show, and the singer's singing, and you're, you're you feel like you're miles away from the speaker, and you can hear it beautifully roll off the rocks. You're like, ah, 
Got it. So yeah, and, and was that cheap now? Was it a luxury for me? Hell yeah. It was kind of nice too, and it felt good. I've seen you two cross that one off. I don't know if there's any other people I have to see. Is there anyone in music that you have to see? I've seen David Byrne, although I saw him coming in 2018. I was like, ooh, do I want to get tickets or not? And then ultimately I decided against it. Done it. The most important thing I could try to teach you in investing in money and everything else, and you could teach your kid. You know, that's this, this is an easy one to take away, is that time is on your side. And no, I'm not going to start singing, time is on your side. It isn't and isn't. Because it's always ticking. It's always marching forward, right? It's always going. It's a parade of like of stress. And you don't really pay attention to it because it's, it's four miles away. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, man, time is ticking, isn't it? I'm going to be 50. Let's do a checklist. Do I have enough to retire? Am I happily married? Because um, this is like your last year. This is your, have, I, have I learned to ski? Because it's not going to get easier at this point in time. So you have to have that checklist. And, and as you get older, it's kind of like an opera where it, it's this, this thing that's four miles away. And as you get closer and closer, it's, it's, you start making it makes a little bit more sense. And you start seeing all the characters and they're like, if you're four miles away, you don't see all the characters on the stage. You don't see how it's all working together. Oh, Mikey's asleep. Um, <laughs> it is so discouraging when people you work with are so not entertained by what you do that they fall asleep. But that's okay. That's okay. So, um, because he's got time to take a nap. And this is all about time, the segment, this idea, this concept. If I can get your kids to make their, their financial mistakes in their 20s, that's great. Oh, Rolling Stones. Anyway, kill the Stones. Kill the Stones, I can't think. Um, so anyway, you don't really have to do anything until you're 30. In my opinion, is it better if you learn? See, it's 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 good if you try and make some mistakes. I love what happened with Bitcoin and how it was crazy exciting last year. It got a lot of millennials going. I need to start thinking about money, and they did, and they lost money by investing. They invested in a coin that doesn't really exist, and then they got smoked. A lot of people think it's a, a coiled spring that's getting ready to go to fifty thousand. So maybe they're going to end up being right. But make your mistakes in your twenties. Because when you're 30, you don't have as much time. At that point in time, you only have 30 years left to work. And then you start thinking about it. Like, age discrimination will come in. So, like, I've, I've always said when I'm done with radio, I'm done. I'm not going to go out and get another radio job. I'm not going to go out and get another TV job. I'm not going to go out and start up another financial company. So I'm, I'm going to limit myself. I'm going to say maybe my career's over at 61, 62. Maybe it's over at 51, 52. I don't know. So doing nothing is not the right answer. If you save 15% of your salary, that's the step in the right direction. Because you have to beat inflation. That's the boogeyman. Proper asset allocation, try to reduce fund fees. There's so many ways to properly invest and do things correctly. A lot of Americans don't know where to begin because preparing for retirement is four miles away or 40 years away or 30 years away. Research has shown that 82% of people are capable of saving more towards retirement, but only 28% do so. 
that's an alarming few amount of people in America. Now, again, is it fun? Is it fun that I'm talking about retirement and saving money and 15% of your salary? No, 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 it's not fun. But I do allocate some fun. I did go to Red Rocks. But I did save money. And I, I made sure not to go to Red Rocks in my 30s until I, I, I hit, started to hit some of these checklists. You know, you at least want to save one to two times your salary in your 30s. And it, it, it start like really getting that number uh, bigger and bigger and bigger. If you could save 20 times your, your salary, it's going to go a lot further, a lot sooner. Because money doubles every 7.2 years. So the difference is enormous between someone who starts in their 20s and someone who starts in their 30s. But again, I don't really want you to have no fun. That would serve almost absolutely no purpose if we got that level of complicated. So in your 30s, you want to develop some habits of savings. Hopefully you're probably settling down in your 30s. You might have been married in your 20s, divorced hit your 30s, early 40s, you want to you know have a habit of saving. I'd say by age 30, 35, you want one and a half times your salary. And again, I say 30, 35 because this is all loosey-goosey. This is not an exact science. So if you're making $50,000 a year, if you by the time you're 35, if you get a fifty dollars to $100,000 saved, you're on the right track. If you have nothing saved, we're going to look at this another five years and you're going to be basically S out of luck. It's going to happen that way. Because you're, you you haven't started. And the toughest thing to do is to start. I know, like, all these cliches from, like, Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Toughest thing to do is to start. I know you're saying, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a song. Toughest thing to do is to start in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Which, for the record, a horrifying movie. Horrifying. The guy who goes around and grabs kids and puts them in cages. Catch a song, though. You know what I get depressed on? I see like a chitty chitty bang bang now, and I see the little girl, and she's like so cute. I'm like, what do I see her up to look like? Always disappointing. So in your mid 40s, you want three to four times your salary. In your mid 40s, so if you're making fifty thousand, you want one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars saved. Otherwise, probably going to be working till the day you die. I'll talk more numbers like this. I'll give you more specifics. Stick with me. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. If there's a seminar coming up, and there usually is, you can find out by going to Rob Black Show. Punch the get in. Learn a little bit more. As you age, you should be learning more. Use the code right here, 25, to get in for free. If you're a radio listener who's never been to one of these events, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, invest in more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Road to retirement. It's like being on the road to nowhere. Ha! It's a hurly-burly of life. So many things to... 
pay attention to in the world, and then suddenly you're like old and ready to retire. It's kind of cruel. Your eyes stop working as well. Your body stops working as well. And you're expected to make financial decisions that are smart. When your body and your eyes don't, you can't even read the papers you're signing. That's kind of a cruel irony, but we're also living longer. I can tell you, I've had two grandparents um, that I've watched get to the point where they just won't die. Maisie the underdog had to be put to sleep finally because she just wouldn't die. Her legs gave out, her hips gave out, her body was given out. So the road to retirement is kind of cruel because as you get older, your body just doesn't doesn't work like it used to. And that's why you have to have a checklist in your 30s and 40s. And then as you get to your 60s and 70s, you need to have another checklist. You need to have someone you trust. A good financial planner or someone in the family who knows what the heck they're doing and, and isn't isn't like basically regurgitating the lowest common denominators, ways to make money or the ways that want, make them money. I see a lot of people die. And when they die, financially speaking, uh, their matters get very complicated because one kid wants the house and one kid wants nothing to do with it. I've got a brother who, when my mom was put into a home a few years back, it's so funny doing this radio show, you could really document my life on you know the big events that I talk about, because I haven't talked about this in a while. Oh, got to sell my mom's house, got to do this. That was on my mind three years ago, and now what's on my mind is like, you know, I had a brother during that time, and I kind of forgot this. He wanted all of her worldly possessions, because he got through the point of his life where he didn't have a lot of worldly possessions. So he's like, well, if I go over and grab it, then it's kind of mine. And it's like, well, it doesn't quite work like that. And he also wanted the house and is like, you know, her wishes are like yeah, her health care, first and foremost, you know? Oh, I'll take care of her. I'm like, but you can't. You work. So anyway, in your th- mid-30s and early 40s, one and a half times to two times your salary by age 35. Otherwise, you're on that road to trouble. If your employer has a 401k match, you know, play that game, do it. Go talk to HR. Go talk to your employer. I don't know if you work for a big company, small employer. Go talk to HR. HR has benefits. And there's something called a benefits page where you will be surprised at what, at what you get if you just read the fine print of what your company is offering you. So if you're not saving enough, boost your contributions. It's kind of simple. So, and I tend to tell people who are just, you know, totally raw, virgin investors, their eyes are big, they're scared. I'm like, it's going to be okay. Get the free money first. And the next year, up your contribution from 3% to 4%. And suddenly you're almost at 7% because your company's matching that 3% or whatever it is they're matching. So invest for growth in your 30s, 40s, 50s. I know that's easy to say because we look back at the last 20 years and that's been the way to do it, but I'm not a bond guy and it stinks because there's people like CFP Chad Burton who is kind of a by the books kind of guy, you know, good cop, bad cop. He's not going to break any laws where I'm going to say, I'm going to break some laws. The laws of investing basically say you should have a lot of bonds. You should have your age minus 120 in your bond. Ah, I can't stand it. It makes me go Schwarzenegger. Ah, bonds bore the hell out of me. I'll be back. So 
yeah, some rules are going to have to be broken. But again, that, that's for me. It's not necessarily for you. So in your mid-40s and 50s, you know, again, you want three to four times your salary by the time you're 45. Otherwise, you're probably going to work till the day you die. Sorry to say it, but it's kind of true. You want to rebalance your portfolio on occasion. I'm the worst defender of this. I, I, I let my winners win. I bought Microsoft back in the 90s. Well, because they were Microsoft. And I made a ton of money on Microsoft. Guess who still owns Microsoft today? Even though it had a 10-year period of underperformance, I could have rebalanced I didn't. I'm happy I still own it. Ownage. <laughs> Take down. There's 1980s arcade games. Finish him. That's that's my career. I want to be <laughs> exactly. I want to be an arcade character. So in your 40s and 50s, in your 40s in particular, in your early 50s, you need to have an investment strategy. Because now you're down to your like last 10, 15 years of work if you're lucky. So you should be able to lay this out and prove to me that you're going to have enough money when you retire in 10 years. And if you can't, maybe you don't retire in 10 years. CFP Chad Burton would be like, well, by cutting down your expenses and by working extra five years, even if it's only a minimum wage, you'd be able to calculate your life to 100 sleep. But you got to have you got to be able to write this stuff down and, and I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll pull up your Social Security numbers and show you like how it's kind of a push. You'll have some health care costs and you'll have Social Security and those will eat up each other up easily. So you better show me a nest egg on top of Social Security. Otherwise, it ain't going to be pretty. I have some land out uh, in the desert that I'm going to put trailer parks on. Because a lot of people are going to be living in trailer parks in the desert. A lot of Americans. And what's the craziest part about it is we take on so much debt to become further educated. And then we we don't think about age 60 to 100. We only think about age 20 to 60. So in your 50s. This is horrible to say, but the government lets you save more money for retirement. Why they wouldn't let you do it in your 20s and 30s is beyond me. But when you turn 50, it's almost cruel. They're like, you know what? We're going to let you save a couple extra thousand dollars in your 401k, your 403b, your 457, or your IRA. And thank you. Would have been nice to do it earlier, but now is the time to take advantage of it. And for instance, the year I turned 50, Mike... You know, 401k will go from 18,500 to 22, 23, 24,000, depending on where we are in the years. And you, I get to put that extra $5,000 in. It's, it's going to stink. It's going to be, but I'm going to do it because I'd rather have more than less when I die. I'd rather have the greater than symbol than less than. I remember learning that and you're like, who the hell thought of this? I remember in seventh grade math, just looking at like geometry. I was like, does. Sine does a equal opposite over adjacent. Cosine is opposite over sine. Tangent is opposite over adjacent. Like, who bothered to write this stuff down? Anyway, I know you're saying, I'm going to go look that up to see if he's right. Fine, do it. So by your mid-50s, you're now down your last five years, and old man time is marching on. You should really have six to seven to eight times your salary. When all is said and done, I want you to have 10 to 20 times your salary. So if you're making $100,000, I want you to have a million to $2 million. Minimum. 
That's to play the game of retirement. That's to say, I could start thinking about punching the clock out for the last time. About going up to my boss and saying, take this job and shove it. Until you have until you have 10 to 20 times, I think you got to keep working. In my opinion, and that's just a very general blanket thing. But now you're going to be like, but I'm expected to inherit a million dollars. Okay, then you don't need 10 to 20 times your salary. I don't care. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh at you when that a million dollars that you're gonna inherit doesn't actually exist. That your father was basically, you know, running the companies into the ground with debt, and when he dies, all the creditors take everything, and you get nothing, nothing. But you thought you were gonna inherit that money, and you decided not to save your whole entire life. So instead, you lived a hippie lifestyle, and you're like, I'm gonna go to the Grand Tetons, and I'm like, okay, go to the Grand Tetons, you hippie, and I get it. You're a little too quick with that. So, yeah, you know, you should have an investment plan, and it shouldn't be that you're going to inherit money. I've got family members that he hasn't worked in four and a half years, and he's turning 50 soon. He's just taking four and a half years off. And it's not to be granola. It's to, like, find the perfect job. I'm like, at some point in time, take the less than perfect job. Because you're missing out on Social Security funding, you're missing out on funding your retirement, and you're draining your your nest egg. You should have an income plan in retirement. In your mid-50s, you should start thinking about, how am I going to get money? Because it ain't the easiest thing to figure out. You're not going to be like, should I sell all my Apple, or should I sell all my Microsoft, should I sell all my uh, cookies and, and cream, ice cream? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that one, right? So you you need to figure out in your mid-50s what income's going to look like. I've got a friend who has, a, like, I've got a retirement house. I've got some income here. Uh, and, like, okay, so how much income are you going to make? And what are your costs going to be, roughly? Because if you have a, a income home, you're probably paying property taxes, insurance, and other things. And you need to start figuring out how much can you truly pull from it. So in your mid-50s, look into Social Security and start thinking about a plan B. I, you know, for some people, plan B, if you have nothing to retire with, you go into a bank with a loaded gun and you shoot it and say, give me all the money. And you sit down and you wait for the police to come take you to jail. Now, jail's going to be nice. You're going to get three meals a day. You're going to get air conditioning. You're going to get, you know, cable TV. But that's a bad plan B. Uh, figuring it out in your, your when you turn 60, that's a bad plan B. Working a couple extra years, maybe that's cutting down your costs, moving to a different state, moving to a different country. That's the kind of plan B that most people need to start thinking about. You should have a plan A and a plan B, and you should be able to show them to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. When your looks start depleting And your friends all start leaving You're so plastic and it's tragic just for you I feel like I'm drowning Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. And, you know, again, this is a stick of mine. It's, it's getting you to retirement. Um, I, I feel blessed that I've been you know, smart enough to figure out something to actually help people. And uh, I get recognized on a regular basis because I do radio and television, which is great. And it's, it's nice. It's lovely. I'm kind of a big deal. Except for when it's not. <laughs> and it's kind of sucks, but that's okay. So one area that I, I really want to, again, just continue to push some of these concepts that you can push on your kids. You know, maybe it's too late for you. I see a lot of people work their their whole lives. You know, they, they they save a little bit of money. Then they have a kid, and that's going to be expensive. And a good friend of mine, just her daughter just finished up going to NYU University. Awesome school. Great location. Unbelievable professors at NYU. But she's got a degree in acting. And do you know what most people in, with degrees in acting end up doing? Not acting. So that is like, that's a $250,000 mistake. I'm not going to say the word mistake, but that is a mother who has sacrificed a lot of her future so that her daughter could become being a, a Tisch school of acting. And I can do ballet and I can do tap. So in your 20s and 30s, that's kind of when you start, we need to start pushing some of these ideas. You know, if you're going to pay for your kid's school, you you got to make them pay for some of it. You can't just say, stay at home and play video games all day. I'll, I'll send in a check. You want to start living within your means. You want to start making savings a habit. Probably the best thing I ever did. This was just horrific. Horrible story to tell you something. When I was 18, there was a car crash. And I was laid out pretty good. Someone rear-ended me. And, uh... I have a brother who's a personal injury attorney, or he was at the time. Now he's doing all sorts of law. But at the time, he goes, okay, so what happened, Rob? And I was like, okay, I was just sitting there. And the poor woman who rear-ended me, she gets out of the car and she goes, I hit the accelerator instead of the brake. It was my fault. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't want to admit things like that, lady. Um, so anyway, I had a neck strain. That's all it was, was a neck strain. And you know what a neck strain is? It's kind of like one degree beneath wearing one of those big funny things around your neck, a brace. So it wasn't even that. I got some Valium. I, you know, my back tensed up. It was kind of fun. It was nice. Uh, but my back is, is messed up still to this day. So I got $3,000 for it. Remember the day was like, well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to say 1000 and you're going to say no. And they're going to say... 1500 and you're going to say no, 5,000, 10,000. And eventually y'all are going to settle on 3,000 because every, that's what it's worth. That's exactly what it's worth for them to not litigate and to settle out of court. So he was right. They settled for 3,000. I started investing it at age 18. Um, I was like, okay, I don't, don't want to go out and buy a new car. Don't want to go out and do anything like that. Don't want to go out and spend money like, woo, I hit a lottery. So I don't look at tax returns as, as a, a big payday. I don't look at it as a, like a, ooh, let's take the lady out for dinner tonight and, and get some romance going with an expensive $500 dinner because I got a $500 refund. The $500 refund you got was the money that you gave to them by mistake. That was part of your old paycheck and you just decided to give them too much. 
So in your 20s and 30s, you kind of want to start thinking about all this stuff. In your 20s, you, you kind of, if you get into a car accident, if you do get a settlement, you put it towards the market, you go, I put one foot in front of the other. Another Disney song that, damn you, Walter. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, in your 20s, you kind of want, getting started is the toughest thing, right? But then also you, in your, I, I say teenagers should have a credit card, a secure credit card. And you should monitor it and, and teach them. It's like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So I've moved on from one foot in front of another to Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So teach, teach your children well, so they'll grow up swell. I never understand the words to songs, but you get the idea. Oh, there we go. That's so 90 seconds ago. If I want to change the reflection... Remind me to tell you the Disney story at some point in time about Walt Disney and Manassas, Virginia. Okay, I'll do it real quick. They were going to build... Disney had proposed a Disney America. And Manassas was kind of a... There was a battlefield there, and it's just outside D.C., so there's tourism. There's there's a lot of infrastructure. It makes a lot of sense for Disney to set up another park there. But when the proposal came out, they are like, okay, there's, you know... The Disney way of doing business. We'll put in another airport. We'll put in another road. We'll do all that kind of stuff. But the citizens had grown up in their daddies, 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 daddies. Literally fought in those fields kind of thing. And it was very historic. And Disney, we were afraid that Disney was going to come in and put a theme park there that was going to be all zippity doo dah, zippity day. Like that was a that was a Disney move movie that had a slave in it and. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. It's offensive. It's too clean. It's too sterile. So Manassas freaked out and like, no, no, we don't want you. And they, they, they basically turned down a big company coming in with jobs and tourism and putting them on the map. But Disney didn't know how to handle it right. So anyway. Oh, get your teenager's credit card. Should I finish that thought? Secure credit card. Monitor it. It teaches them. And you're going to make a mistake on a credit card. Because it's too easy. It's other people's money. It's it's, it's invisible. It's not yours. It's, it doesn't come out of your paycheck. It comes out of your future paycheck, right? I'm Rob Black. This is Coldplay taking us out. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. sandwich heads today on steve sandwich reviews we've got the tips and tricks to the best sandwich order and it all starts with this little guy right here pepsi zero sugar partial to pastrami craving a cubano yeah sounds delicious but boom add the crisp refreshing taste of pepsi zero sugar and cue the fireworks lunch dinner or late night it'll be a sandwich worth celebrating trust me your boy's eating a lot of sandwiches in his day and the one thing i can say with absolute fact every bite is better with pepsi